They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. But a bye 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 bye. But a bye 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 bye. Hey, how hey, you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I've just been thinking the other day. Actually, we always start saying bye bye at the start of our podcast. It is quite confusing if you've never heard it before. So what we should do is we should have the Beatles hello, shouldn't we? Oh no, actually Lionel Richie would be better. Hello. Oh. Who would be more likely to give us If it's caffeine bullets you're looking for. Well, Lionel, Lionel falls into, he's, he's not quite reggae, but he's... <laughs> nowhere near reggae. But, I mean, that song was in the 90s, and it's kind of solely heading towards the reggae soul. spectrum. So we start with soul, and we end with 90s reggae. We, we start with assholes, and we, <laughs> <laughs> we end with, yeah, a good bit of pat. Oh, that but, is um, so childish yet so funny. Yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome, welcome to Bad Boy Running. Welcome to Bad Boy Running podcast. Now, this, we have made an error um, for probably about thirty or forty episodes. We originally really? recorded. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have, um, because we originally recorded. Oh, I'm Jody, by the way, and this is my co-host David. Um, we originally recorded recorded the A to Z of uh, Bad Boy Running specifically. So at the start of the episodes, we could say, if you have no idea what we're talking about, go back <laughs> and listen to the A to Z of Bad Boy Running. And then we have quite incredibly forgotten to promote them in any way whatsoever. So if you have no idea, if you've listened to a few episodes and now you're listening to this, and you have no idea what's going on, go back, listen to the A to Z. But just as, just as a bit of advice, it's a little bit like for your first drink going on uh, Russell Brand stag do. <laughs> it's going to be a baptism of fire. It's a lot it's of, a literally, a lot of you, content in there. I've not, I've, not, I've not had a drink before. What should we do? I just, let's go to Russell. Let's go to Russell. He'll, 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 he'll ease you in. Maybe old Russell. I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure new Russell's quite like that. Old Russell, yeah. I think actually, no. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I know. I, I, I was thinking, what, what could possibly be worse than Russell Brand, uh, like Russell Brand stag do? I think actually the first night you get into Madoc is probably worse. Oh. And you think it's going to be a quiet night. No. Quiet oh, night this will be lovely. Let's go and get some, some snails or some. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is true. That's a true indeed. And have you been anyway? Well, I've been absolutely fine. I've been, um, of course, so I, just a quick explanation if you've not listened to previous episodes. I've, I've been set the challenge of, uh, by, well, I would say by Tom Dark, but it wasn't. It was by David pretending that Tom Dark set this challenge um, uh, to try and beat him um, by running a sub-four marathon. And if he runs a sub-four marathon by the time he gets to London... I have to have run a sub four marathon faster than his sub four marathon. That's the rule, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We're making it quite hard, actually. We could just say whoever gets the quickest time. Whoever gets the <laughs> oh yeah, oh no, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite convoluted, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know why. I don't know why it's complicated that well. But well, I like um, it because it gives it gives people the the perspective of, of what we're aiming for. Both both people are trying to get sub four. So actually, there's these sub goals amongst the main goal. Yeah, and and all of it's completely confusing because we still we still don't really know what the penalty is <laughs> for for not achieving it. Um, but um, but I, I I understand. So I've been. I've been um, working on my, my training plan in earnest. I've been going to the gym. I've been doing yoga. I've been doing things, you know, just easing my way into it because we're still quite a long way out. But I understand that Tom is taking this very seriously. Very, this is a very, very big deal for him. Very big who, deal. Who do you understand this from? Have you got spies? Yep, yep. I'm being told that actually he is, this is... I, I thought this was like a sort of a, a relaxed challenge where, you know, we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't cheat by training before Christmas, but he's obviously broken, broken the rules of the, uh, of the gentleman's agreement and he's going out hard Ooh. and uh, he's training pretty hard as well. I mean, that's a compliment, if anything, it's fear. I mean, I, exactly. I don't think he has a huge amount of fear, to be honest. He hasn't, he hasn't quite got quite so far to go as <laughs> I have in terms of the journey, but um I certainly, uh, I, you know, I, I admire him for his. Uh, no, I don't. I don't admire him at all. Um, I uh, deplore him for his <laughs> his uh, cheating um, by training this early on. Have you seen? I've, I've just realised. Have you seen what this uh, Tom Tom Dark, also known as Ian Dark, uh, to his friends? He is a he's one of the presenters of a, a rival podcast, the lesser podcast known as Mike Tennis. Yeah. And uh, I, I posted in the Facebook group. An email that came through from quite a large entertainment provider, and on the top right-hand corner, next to some incredibly well-known comic, comic who was, but quite an established comic, it said Monkey Tennis Live. Monkey Tennis Yo. Live. That's, Have you seen that? Yeah. I, what I like about that, it should just be renamed to IP Theft Live. Watch, <laughs> what, watch for Oxbridge, Oxbridge rejects, rip off. Uh, uh, talented comedians, original content. Is this is, is this his opportunity to serve notice? You know, did you do that in the, <laughs> yeah. in the UK in the way you do in America? I don't know. You know the way always. I don't know, but maybe it, maybe it has to be done that way, <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> what's the name of the Someone guy? Someone dressed in a mask. What's the, what's the name of the guy who um, has? He, he always he's the guy that went up in the middle of the um, Tory Party conference and gave. Uh, Theresa May a P45 and yeah. he's the one that interrupted Seth Blatter in the middle of his press conference to, to give him a bung oh, when was the Seth Blatter one? Oh, that was a while ago it was a while ago oh, when he was talking about yeah it was but it, it's some unfunny comedian isn't it well that's the thing it's what he's actually doing is pretty unfunny but um, it's just the fact that it's such a big scale it would be hilarious if he did that at Monkey Tennis Live <laughs> oh let's get him what's his name I can't remember. It's, he, he's one of those unfunny comedians that got a show on BBC Three when BBC Three was still like, you know, literally you had to turn up, prove you had a pulse, look millennial, and they gave you a comedy series on BBC Three. He was, he was probably a promising YouTuber. A promising YouTuber. <laughs> That's what it was. He had some great vines and all of that. But um, So you, are you not training yet then? I'm easing myself into training. I'm easing myself into it. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a lot of... Um, uh, doing a bit of yoga, so I'm doing yoga twice a week now. So improve my. What are you laughing at? Why is that so funny? <laughs> That's how you're training. That's the first thing you're doing. <laughs> That's a big deal, man. That's a, that's quite a big deal. Yoga. 
That's like so your that, foundation. That's like that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm doing it about face. I'm gonna. I'm, the last thing I work on is aerobic fitness. So I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing yoga. I'm doing um, uh, like personal training um, uh, a couple of times a week, and then I'm doing like hit classes as well. And uh, so basically, doing as much as you can, except running. Well, I, well, I, well, I didn't think we were supposed to be training. But yeah, and I so I thought what I'll be doing, I'll be just doing all the stuff around the periphery because you know I wanted to keep to the agreement. But Tom Dark's cheating, so it turns out I might have to actually get get the trainers out and actually go for a run now. Well, I mean, he's. I like the fact he's in your head already. He's. I think he's going to win based on just your current how you are, your current status. Right, I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to change my behaviour. Until I like literally, there is no point in training till after Christmas because the thing is, if I start training now, I'm going to hit hit peak like January or something. No way. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? So you think you're you think you're running peaks in about two months from any point in your life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do things a little bit quicker than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you're just better. I'm just. I can't. I can't help it. I can't help it. I hit my peak much too early. I'm a premature peaker. <laughs> Wow. Well, I mean, maybe this is maybe maybe you haven't realised yet that what you you can achieve, you need you need to go through a transformation. You've got to be more ambitious. I there's, there's no point. I mean, when I think about winter nuts and the training that I uh, I should have been doing for that, and then <laughs> I did all the wrong training instead. Um, but surely you only did two months worth, so you'd have been right at your peak well i no no i only did one month's worth of like uh you know actual running beforehand which is really what i'd needed to have performed properly uh, during that race i was i was given a lot of misinformation and tom dart wasn't even (laughs) competing in that one either so (laughs) but anyway anyway i don't know why we're bothered with talking about this like we're talking we, we talk far too much about tom dark the cheat, <laughs> what we need to be talking about, because actually that segs quite nicely into, into the subject of, of this episode, because you've been away a lot, and you've been to lots of very different, foreign, unusual foreign countries on running-based expeditions, um, and of course, taken in from uh, Winter Nuts was of course the, uh, of course that was a qualifier for the place you went, which was uh, Canada and the uh, OCR World Champs. Yeah, absolutely. First time I've ever been. Oh, what I, and the the big question was, is it still not elite enough for you? <laughs> Actually, it was so harsh. So the this is the obstacle race world champs for those who uh, don't know OCR, OCR the acronym, and they have all these different categories. So if you listen back to one of the first episodes, I couldn't be bothered to go because I just thought it wasn't elite enough. Um, and but this year, oh boy. There's, you could qualify either by coming probably top five, top ten in certain races, or you can, and that's for the elite wave, or you can qualify for your age range if you're top five for your age um, in certain races. They also have something called the Journeyman, which is for anyone that wants to come, if you've run four of the races that are qualifiers, then you qualify for the Journeyman wave. But the problem for them is the race starts about eight in the morning. There's so many different categories, so many different age ranges, because it goes from 13, 13 to 18 is the first one, right up to, I think, 55 plus. And so um, 
by the time the journeymen get to run, it's about four in the afternoon. <laughs> and this is four. So you, you may, they've, they've woken up. They've gone to see the best people in the world race. And then they have six hours to wait until they race. At which point the whole course is churned up. It starts getting dark at around 4.30. <laughs> so these poor, poor people. I think Roy, Roy James was there. Uh, so one of the guys are still going out and I just I kind of gave him this look of like good luck buddy but you're not going to see me again because I'm not coming out to support I'm, I'm going to the pub mate but you rock it man you rock it you feel really bad but you're like I'm not going to wait because we've been out there for hours and hours ourselves as well and so they have it so hard so hard it's, it was wetter it was raining the obstacles are, are slippery and those hills, I mean, it's just so hard to run on it, when it was that muddy. Horrific. So I, I, I've got a lot of respect for the journeyman after this, after this SCR champs. So wait, so wait, 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 the qualifier for that is that you just have to run in four races? That Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. So you if, you, if you don't manage to run quick enough in your age category, then yeah, you can still go to the world champs, and actually, it, it's I think it's, it's a good thing for, for a couple of reasons. One, because it it means there's more people there for more of an atmosphere, um, but also for something like the ACR champs to to continue, they need to be financially viable, and so to more get them in the, exactly. And the course is, I mean, it is amazing. It's go on, describe that then, because I I, I have no real indication of what what what, what we're expecting. Like having only done one OCR. Um, what just to get like give a flavour of, of of how it works because are there lots of different distances as well? It's re, it was really yeah. complicated. I couldn't get any indication of of uh, of the scale of it or what people were doing or when they were doing it. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on the exact numbers um, of. In fact, I've, I've, there is a there's a quite interesting. Um, they've released the stats on how many people actually finished the course. Oh, okay. So there's. There's three, three different days. First day is um, the short course, which is 3K. So that's probably the shortest. 3K? Obst- yeah. I mean, properly short. Um, for how, many, a, how many obstacles are on a 3K course? Well, it's quite hard to know what an obstacle is because some, you might well, get... That's, a bit, that's a bit of an issue in obstacle course racing, isn't it? <laughs> Well, it can be, but say, say in the Nutch Challenge, where I think they said there's 200 obstacles, yeah. is, is, you know, is, is one hurdle, is that an obstacle, or is it the set of hurdles? Oh, and okay, so, okay. But in the, the, in the OCR Champs, the, the 3K is obstacle heavy. The, the idea of it is, hopefully, the best person a purely obstacle technique will uh, win that. Okay, so it's not a run, well, it won't be a run as well, will it, a 3K? Well, I mean, it still is because the the difference between the very top guy and the next and the second best guy over obstacles is is a you know it's a hair. Yeah, it's so close. And so, three k of running, you could get you could easily get twenty seconds, thirty seconds against someone slower. You could even more, you know, against uh, if they're not a great runner. And so, actually, it, I mean. This year, so last year, they had it where everyone in the elite wave turns up and they set you off in waves of 10. 
which is great because it means there's no there's less queues at the obstacles and if, if you come up to an obstacle and you can't do it you then have to queue up in something called the retry lane and this ensures that anyone new coming up to an obstacle gets a clean route through ah uh, okay but it does mean if you failed once or twice it can build up and so suddenly you then have to wait five minutes to have another attempt right so last year the first wave happened to be um a hunter who is one of the best obstacle racers in the world specialized in short course you had ryan atkins who was he's won world's toughest butter pretty much every year who came second in every world champs i think so far against john um, so in the first wave and john went in the last wave so i'm not going to say that's why john didn't win but he was only 15 16 17 seconds behind the overall winner he'd obviously be coming through the field he'd be hitting the obstacles where people have already been through them um, where there might be mud on them might be water um and also he's not actually racing someone's head to head so this year they changed it slightly I don't think officially, but they just made sure that approximately the best 10 men and females started in the first wave, which is what everyone wants to see. Yeah, you yeah, want to see absolutely. these guys. And you want to see them hitting each obstacle together and be able to compare. Yeah. Because I've, I've got no idea off the top of my head who's the best at monkey bars, who's the best at a carry, who's the best. And so that's what they gave us. And John, you could tell. He wanted this one possibly than the the long course, which is naturally suited to him. Because I think for him, he wanted to make a statement that I'm the best in the world at obstacle racing, no matter what distance. Oh, and okay. He, yeah, and he absolutely smashed it. Oh, did he? I, I, I can't remember the, the time he, he finished ahead in the end, um, but it was considerable. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it's just incredible. Uh, but yeah, so that, they have the short course on the first day. Then the second day is a, a 15k course, I think, approximately. And then the third day is they have a team relay where one person is a runner or does more running. One person does more strength, which means carrying a bag or, or carrying um, sandbags overhead under underarm. And then the third person is the obstacle specialist. So, um, but the, the course itself, if I took you through a 10K course, the, the thing is that's killer about it, this is a ski resort. Yeah. Which is amazing because it means everyone stays in the chalets, there's the, the event village. But my God, were those hills hard. And they really went heavy on the hills at the beginning. So something like the 15K had four, four and a half times up an entire ski slope. Nice. And the elevation wasn't massive for the whole race. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's probably about 1,000 metres, 1,200 metres, which is a lot, but it's not insane compared to other race, some other races out there. But it's more that because it's a ski slope, they're so ridiculously steep. Yeah. And obstacle races, they always give you bounds that you have to stay in. They always have boundaries. Um, quite tight if you did a, a cross-country race a fell race you run on the path but actually you can run anywhere in this open field whereas obstacle racing they 
actually pen you in to, to make sure people go on the obstacles, to make sure people don't skirt around the side of a jump. So it's completely fair. But it means that these hills, every single person goes on the, the exact same bit of grass. And we, we did a recce on the first day to actually figure out who'd film where, where we'd be able to switch obstacles, um, where we thought the runners would be at each point in the race. And just walking up this first hill, the mud was coming loose. You know when you stand on something and huge chunks yeah. are, are just being ripped off, and and that was that was before anyone had raced. So, I mean, this it was it was a runner's race for sure. Yeah. But then on the way round, you they inter they intersperse. They'll have um, over and unders. We have to go under under walls, over walls. They'll have three, I think, crawls under barbed wire, and then they have these. Um, some very specific obstacles that are just incredibly hard. The hardest one in my mind is, is probably something called Stairway to Heaven, which is like an A-frame with stairs. Yeah. But you have to climb on the inside. So you what? you you turn you turn your back to the middle. Yeah. And then you have um, a a set of stairs, but that is in an A shape. So you're essentially once you hold on to the bottom rung, the bottom bit of wood, you have to climb up and, and behind you to grab the next one. So you have oh to be God. able to be strong enough to lift up. And you do that, moving backwards and up, until you're right at the peak, at which point you then have to somehow, and this is a tr probably the most tricky move on the, the whole race, move uh, back round. So you're, if you're facing out, you then have to turn round with one hand grab the top of the other side um, and then lower yourself down without using your feet. So it's ridiculous. What? So that's, that's one big one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where most people lost their band. So if you, if you don't finish an obstacle, your band gets cut. Oh, okay. Right. So I, I'm just going to interject here. Um, there was a, uh, a music video, uh, a mudstacle yeah. music video. What? I didn't understand the band thing. I mean, the whole thing was about the band, but I didn't. I don't yeah. understand it. So, can you, can you just explain that? So, the in the in the champs, everyone's given a band for each distance. And while you're racing, if you can't complete an obstacle, your band is cut. So you're still allowed to to go on. You're allowed to finish, and um, you can get a medal, but. Every obstacle you don't finish, your time has a penalty on it. And then when they rank people, they rank everyone who's finished with their band first and then everyone else. So someone needs, so there are some people who spent up to two, three hours on one obstacle because they couldn't complete it. A bit like Steph Bishop. Yeah, you know, listen to that amazing. episode. She's so badass. But that's why she was doing it because she wanted to keep her band. And in a similar fashion, um, for a lot of people they're not going to win and the obstacles are so hard to be able to keep your band is incredible so i've got the stats here actually what percentage of people given given that the to be pro you ha, it's called the pro essentially the way you have to have finished in the top five i believe of a, of a race like these but races that are vetted and tend to be very competitive so what percentage of them do you think kept their band you want me to say something quite high, because you'd think that it would be quite high, but I would say 30%. <laughs> I 
Okay, well, 70% did. Oh, okay. Which, to you, my... I mean, it's... If, if you think that these are people who are the best in the world, so all the, the champions of it, and they're coming over to compete in, in an obstacle race, which anything new there that they hadn't done before but the race is so hard in it it weighs you down that 30 percent of the top athletes in obstacle racing in the world can't finish it wait a minute okay which to me is insane i mean yeah gets... but, okay but so is this course the same for everyone these like or, or yeah. is it yeah, the are... same for so it's the same for everyone so everyone if they do that course there's no difference in the in the obstacles. The obstacles stay the same whether you're elite or or whether you're a journeyman. Yeah, and whether you're male or female as well, they carry the same weight. And so, of so have you got the percentage of of everyone who keeps their band? Yeah, absolutely. We've got it. They've released the percentages of every age category, <laughs> male and female, and overall as well. So, what's the overall one? Which How is so. So overall, sixty uh, percent of people kept their band. Oh, uh, sorry, lost that. their band. They lost their band. So only forty. Sixty percent lost their band. Wow. Yeah, I know. Incre- but- and there were some categories where, for example, um, the the fifth the, 50, the w- women's fifty plus ninety seven percent of them lost their band. Really. Yeah, only half the pro women um, kept it. In fact, forty-seven percent, forty-eight percent. That's how hard it is. Oh wow! So, if but, someone has, but are, but so are the qualifying races hard enough? Is that is that the issue? No, I, th- I think they. It, I mean, the it, it's very hard to say because they qualifying isn't based on how hard the race is. It's based on how good the people are you're competing with. So. If enough yeah, people, yeah. if not many people turn up, you can qualify. But actually, it it's I, I think on any given day, you could just get unlucky on one of the items, one of the, the rigs, and they have these rigs. You should look at it. Go on, go online, look at the videos. Things like Skull Valley, they're really, really tricky. But when you've been running for two hours and um, your arms have lost all of their strength, you've got no grip, and you then have have to do some of the hardest obstacles in the world it, it's no surprise that i mean these it, it would be nice to see a higher percentage of people finish but actually it's that double-edged sword it's what makes yeah, it you so like you're liking it now you're like yeah this is yeah, this is a bit more elite for me i like it i like people failing it's uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, I'd, I know I'd never be able to finish this course. No, that was going to be my next I mean, I question. Would, I wouldn't stand a hope in hell. Well, my next question, because you were, you were there, uh, were you filming and interviewing, weren't you? Because you were, you were basically Maybe running filming, a little bit of interviewing, yeah. And so did you, uh, were you, did you like saying, oh, guys, I wish I was with you, I wish I was with you, you know, I'd love to have been on the course. Wow, I could have totally smashed it. God, I'd have smashed, like, <laughs> I'd have probably come, like, easily top five. But just thinking, thank God I'm not on the course. Thank God I'm just going to be able to do well, the thing is, I can't really give much smack talk because pretty much everyone in the OCR scene knows that um, all I do is run and nothing else. <laughs> and so, because um, Miller and I were both out there together to film and she was filming the, the elite women, I was filming the elite men. So why was and, Miller running? 
Um, I think she, well, Claire, I think partly didn't want to do it necessarily unless she was fit. Um, but also, I think she's of a similar disposition to me in some ways in that we both know the amount of work it would take for us to get good at obstacle. We asked, we'd just rather be runners. And actually, she's she's so busy with work, she's really hard for running at the moment. So choice between a trip where she can go and film, have fun, hang yeah. out with friends yeah, or you know, trying to train really hard to do something which she's not really particularly good at compared to how awesome she is at everything else. But we we went out there both thinking once we saw the course, once Seven was doing it, we'd be dead jealous. <laughs> and then we saw people on that first hill. Oh my imagine it's almost the Red Bull steeple so the, the Red Bull four hundred four times. <laughs> Followed by the hardest obstacles in the world. And we went round and we did a few of the obstacles ourselves. <laughs> and I did the odd one or two. And then there's some quite simple ones where you'd look at it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I could do that, obviously. And then you'd have a go and you'd be like, Christ, this is actually quite hard. <laughs> so that's the thing. If you keep your band, it's, it's an amazing achievement. And, and I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying that in a, just to butter people up. It genuinely is. It puts you as someone who is one of the best obstacle racers in the world. So, yeah, so, I, you know, we, we talked about this elite thing, and I know that you know, part of it was, was, was in jest and everything as well. But um, for, the, um, for, for a few of the, uh, the do-badders out there, it, it really did mean something to them to actually be running, like, representing Britain at a world championship. Or something, yeah. Oh, yeah. and we, I, I didn't realize how many like do badders were out there like representing, and um, and uh, there were some like quite incredible pictures and stuff. I think even Lee Lee Stewart Evans said that he cried when he uh, when he crossed the uh, crossed Did the he? finish line. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair play. <laughs> I think until you go there, it's it's quite hard, to, especially for someone like Lee, where he's done so many races. He's done, you know, he's done so many epic things, but it's very different. Even doing something like the marathon sabla or the auto, you know, a hundred miler, yeah. where there are some amazing athletes, it's different. It's so different going something like that to actually going to world championships when you when you get to see the top guys do it. Yeah, it's just mind blowing. And uh, and I think Lee as well had because he he'd been training quite hard. He had, yeah, uh, he absolutely, yeah. I mean the all of them um i was amazed by how much because i thought oh yeah once you qualified bang sort it out and everything but yeah there was there was a huge amount of uh, preparation going into it and i was like oh this is like this is quite serious um and so of yeah. course you know you want them you know you didn't want to like embarrass themselves there um and wanted to actually perform and everything well so i don't think like, it's never that atmosphere though i don't think you'd ever be embarrassed yeah but you if I think for uh, you know, I think for someone like um, like Lee, or if I went, or something like that, it wouldn't be something I go back to. It would just be do like a once, once. You know, it's like the it's like the MDS or something. Yeah. I won't go back and do it, but I'm gonna do it that one time. And so you want to make it the best time you're gonna have because you know you're not gonna. Yeah. Probably it's probably not gonna be a you know I'm gonna do this every year or anything like that. So you don't want to feel like you you haven't you know put put as much into it as possible. Um, but yeah, I and, and do you think going into it? Because do you think he th- thought he'd be able to finish the course, or was he going to have a shot of it, or did you think he thought I'm just going for fun, got no chance of finishing? Or 
I, I think he probably threw himself into it, into the, the, the idea. I think they all did. The idea of like actually finishing it was going to be what, you know, what they wanted to do. Um, yeah. And they, I, I think they all took a seat. And I, I was just, I, when I saw that, there were all of them on the podium with their, with their medals and stuff in the, uh, yeah. in the bad boy tees. That's incredible. It was just, it was just brilliant. That's so cool. Oh, it almost brought a tear to my eye. I'm so proud of you, boys. I'm so proud of you out there. <laughs> The UK out there is such a massive contingent. Maybe the Americans are bigger, but I don't even know if they are. There's so many, um, partly because the, the obstacle scene in the UK is so big, partly because mud school organise and coordinate things so well that it, it drags people a lot, of, a lot of people across. But everyone there was wearing these blue hoodies, and it was so noticeable how many Brits were, were there representing. Um, we had... We had uh, a, a, the I think the forty to forty fives, which would be my age next year, um, the first and second in the world, Brits oh, really? absolutely smashed it. Yeah, and and John won, John won the the long distance by so far. He won the short distance, and the five in the team event. In fact, we will get back to that later. Well, um, actually, there's there's quite a few little stories. Shall I just kind of reel them in? Yeah, yeah. Let's get some stories from there. Well, because we were there to film, and part of me was worried about whether I'd be able to keep up or not, because John in full flow is horrifically right, that's, fast. That's you at a pub normally. That's you on a on a Friday night out. Can you keep up still? With you are exactly. you are getting old. You are getting old. It's always the fear these youngsters. <laughs> but um, it was amazing actually to see, firstly how slow, how much it slows people down the obstacles, and. Even over the three k, it's in their name, isn't it? What's that? Obstacles. It's in their name. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's there to slow people down. Just yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but um, what was incredible actually was on the long day. I'd, I'd already done the. I'd been filming the the short, the the three uh, k, and I felt pretty confident because I kept up with everyone. I'd even run people down. I was like, yeah, this is this is easy actually. It's not a big problem. On the long day, we got to the top of the hill and did about four or five times up. And then there was this wooded section where you it was quite windy, quite slippery, narrow. And we're all running with one hand on the camera. So it's quite hard to balance. And so I was running with John and I felt, yeah, this is, this is good. Um, I'm going to get some great footage here. And then he had this step change. We clearly thought, right, I've recovered from that hill now. And he he completely burnt me off within about thirty seconds. My God, that guy can fly! It was incredible to see. Um, and you know, he's now been crowned overall um, skyrunning champion. Oh, this year. amazing! Yes, yeah, I had read that. But he um, so he shot off, and we'd filmed him. And then it's our job to try and catch footage of the second and third and fourth people coming through, so we can tell the story of what's happening. Yeah. And Ryan Atkinson, who is second best in the world typically came sorry, through again sorry, second best in the world rowan atkinson right right it's similar yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> mr bean comes flying through in oh, second yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a good bean episode <laughs> he suddenly just he walks onto the course by accident <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. That's gonna be. I reckon Ryan will go for that. <laughs> but um, the controversy happened because oh, go on. There's this guy called Hunter, um, Hunter McIntyre, who 
Briggsy is uh, a little bit in love with. <laughs> Just giving him a pat on the head now. Is he a young? Is he a younger model? Oh my god, he's not a younger model. He's, of me. he's like a he. He's like the T two thousand. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, he he's um. There's this there's this TV show called Broken Skull Ranch. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've told Steve... me about this. You've told me about this. We've discussed yeah. this. Yeah. With Steve Austin. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. So Hunter's the obstacle racer that has the record and has been winning ten thousand dollars every <laughs> week the show's been on for a season and a half or so. But he's he's apparently he's got another he's got podcasts as well and he's quite he's very He's very kind of confident, brash American. I don't know where he's from, but oh, he's kind of California. American. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got that. Well, yeah, he's, he's got that confidence bravado. Yeah. Um, and you know, good-looking guy. He's he's pretty stacked for uh, an obstacle race as well. Always runs topless. So yeah. Uh, uh, like, does do any British like obstacle course racers run topless, or is that just Americans? There, well, when we first started our team, we had we were Innovate OCR, and the rival team was called RPCC, and they always ran topless, oh. and we we refused to. We were like, no, partly because um, we had terrible bodies, but also <laughs> no, no principle. It's decorum. <laughs> also principle. Clearly principle rather than being shown up. Um, but that, actually, that was one thing when when Hunter was so when Ryan was coming up to the top. He was running through, and I was like, "Come on, mate! First topless dude." <laughs> he was quite confused by that. But Hunter, Hunter was in fourth place behind a, a Canadian uh, Ryan. I can't remember his surname. He's, he's also a quite established obstacle racer. And um, in fact, Hunter was in. Yeah, Hunt. So they closed. They they were neck and neck on on this rig, and a rig is where they have multiple knots or pools or handhelds that you have to flow through so you've imagined seeing almost a, a big playgrounds um obstacle you then have to grab one thing to the next swing swing climb climb and hunter had come through really quickly he's amazing at obstacles was climbing under the at the end there was a rope so there was rope netting that you had to climb under and bizarrely, which you wouldn't normally have this, but you had to climb under and then crawl up it, hook yourself round and then ring the bell. And so he was climbing round and it wasn't really that obvious that you had to climb under to ring the bell. Because on, the, on the, the, ne- the, last, the next day, you could just hit the bell and that was enough. And the steward then said, you got it, man. And so Hunter thought he'd got it. He'd finished it. So he dropped to the floor. And the steward said, you've got to ring the bell, go back and start again. Hunter then obviously went, but you said, I've got it, man. You said, I've got it. And the steward said, you've got to ring the bell. And so Hunter then goes back, has to start the whole rig again, which is quite time consuming. And um, Ryan gets away. Hunter catches him on the wall. So you finish with this vertical, well, not well, not quite vertical, but... Um, a, a ramp with two ropes it's quite hard to climb up and so hunter almost catches him loses by about 15 seconds and that that decision you know to send him back and that that 
I don't know. I, w- I don't know if it was a mistake or not. Um, cost him third place, which was so harsh. Oh man! But then at the same point, you should ring the bell. But you, I mean, I. It's one of those situations where you felt really sorry for Hunter, but you you felt not sorry for the marshal because he said a stupid thing, but you could see he was just trying to be encouraging, and just a mistake happened. Oh man! But even John was swearing. Was he? Yeah, it was a, there was a, a rig at the top, and the marshals have these strict instructions which they they have to tell everyone, and in general. They're trying to be helpful, but they also have to be quite, quite, you know, firm with people because if someone doesn't finish that obstacle, they've got to take the band, and people the band, and it could cost them the whole race. Even uh, you know, people did lose first and third places in the age games categories because they couldn't finish an obstacle. Yeah. Um, so we came up to this one, which looks a bit like a corkscrew, where you do a monkey bars, but as you move, the corkscrew rotates round so that you then keep on grabbing one that's slightly ahead of you and you, the weight drags it round. and so john started going on that and the blokes said you've got to start with your right hand and john's going what and he's already two-thirds away this through and the the and there didn't really seem any logical reason why you'd have to start with your right hand rather than what? your left hand um, yeah it, it was quite bizarre but i think this poor marshal had just been told and the marshal went you've got to start with your right hand and uh i mean john's one of the most mild Mild men I know, uh, mild mannered, just lovely, and uh, he just went, "Oh, fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and uh, the guy just went quiet. He didn't know what to do, and I started giggling, which I wasn't sure if that was uh, <laughs> that's the right thing to do. I take it you're not you're not of the uh, BBC nature um, opinion that you have to stay neutral during these uh, <laughs> during the filming of these episodes. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, the whole way through. Um, I mean, John's John's a good friend of mine, so I was trying to give him updates the whole time, where possible, of you know where he was compared to everyone else, and um, remind him of what obstacle was coming next. We didn't know his head. To be honest, he, he didn't need any help at all. But yeah, you do chat with people. Typically, though, they don't respond to you at all, even if they're. <laughs> Is that just they're, they're you? So... <laughs> Maybe. In fact. Pete, Pete was saying, because Pete edits it all, Pete Reese yeah. from Buzzsicle. <laughs> and he'd be like, David, what were you saying again? He'd just be cracking up at stuff. Because I'd be having a laugh with them or trying to. And they're all... You'll be imagine... having, you'll unilaterally be having a laugh with them. And they're not finding it funny <laughs> at all. It's like... It's... <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But um, I'm trying to think of some good other stories. So some, some, some big other stories when I was out there. Um, one of them is at the start of the race, there's this guy called Coach Payne who is he's everything you want to be from a, a kind of boot camp inspirational speaker. So he's yeah. like, you're oh, yeah. at the world championships. He's got an amazing voice. They they play some Braveheart style music and he somehow goes all weekend. He, as I mentioned, the race starts at eight. And then the waves go all the way through till three thirty, four o'clock. So he does this throughout the whole day. Actually, I don't even know what he does for lunch, but <laughs> three days in a row. Maybe he just sleeps the rest of the year and he just gets up <laughs> literally does. the morning of the OCR World Champs and goes straight into it. 
Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it's it's so fair play, but and and I'm I'm kind of building up to this to to give him a, an excuse for, for what I'm about to say. But All right. He um he must have to come up with a lot of of new content off the cuff because there's only so many ways you can say this is the this is epic. You're amazing. This is gonna be brilliant. So I was just filming on the side talking to um, talking to someone where he was then starting to give this speech and there was a bit of silence and we, we started hearing his speech and it was for, I think either the, the, the V forties, the vet forties or vet 45 women were starting. And so he was giving the speech like, this is the world championships. You're at the final of the world. You're the best of the world. And you women are amazing. You women are so amazing that every good man behind him is a powerful woman and we both went silent and went did he just did he just define women's strength in this race by the power of the man that they're with (laughs) the most horrific thing to ever say and um, we kind of looked over and you could see they were all like i'm being inspired by this but yeah i'm not going to call you up on that but yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that, especially when this is their moment. You know, this is the thing they've been building towards. This is possibly the most, you know, the incredible thing they'll ever do. And then it's, and then he brings out the fact that, yeah, the, the man, the powerful men are defined. You know, <laughs> you're behind them. Wow. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was just a great weekend, and uh, the. Rhonda Marie was there. She That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that you, of course, you had the uh, the do you, you presented her with her uh, do better vest. Yeah, and she is so quality. She's so, so if, if you've not listened to the Rhonda Marie episode, uh, Rhonda Marie is a complete badass. She's a, a blind ultra runner who does trails that are probably harder than anything we've ever attempted. Um, with the Barclay, with a guide, Barkley Marathon. Yeah, including the Barclay Marathons, which <laughs> listen to that episode as well uh, when we talk to to John. But she decided, I mean, she must be nuts. She decided to go out with Lee Stewart as her guide on this <laughs> epic trail. <laughs> no, no, but I think, least... I, I, think I, I could see him. He is a good guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a good pacer. He treats you while you're pacing as though you're, as though you're blind. Because he's like constantly talking at you. He's a talker, so I could see yeah. how he would be a good opening gates, telling you like things that were on the floor, things like that. To to the extent that you want to throttle the fucker, um, but <laughs> but if you're blind, that's pretty useful. Do you think he'd be? Do you think he'd try and be poetic? Oh, there is a oh, there is a audio description. The light yeah, is exactly. breaking through the trees as we run into the distance. <laughs> a flock of geese fly in the mid distance. The yes. rock glistens as my eyes gaze. <laughs> I bet he did. It's, so it sounds like some dodgy romance novel. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently she um, she took him. She tried, decided the route was going to be this ravine. So it wasn't even as if they were running down a, a slightly rocky path. They're having to do bits that she was, she was pretty much climbing. I mean, she chose probably the hardest route she could find. I don't know if that was her intention or was it, they it, just ended up there. But it, it was, the, was it the Bruce Trail? Um, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one she's run? Um... 
I can't remember. I'm not sure it was that one, was it? I think it was. You a... See, in my head, I, I I figured that she'd probably gone out and learnt like a four mile section of the Bruce Trail off by heart, so that she could then pretend that Lee Stewart was having any kind of help. <laughs> <laughs> she was actually just doing it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so. But um, but yeah, that uh, I love the fact that yeah, uh, you you all went out for a run with her and stuff, and everyone was there. All the do badders were there and everything. That was yeah. just that was just brilliant as well. What were the um, what were, were there any shocks um, both in terms of um, uh, any of the competitors or in terms of things that happened um, or any surprises? I mean, there was. I guess it's a shock. So, Team England, Team UK has won the relay every year yeah partly because john's so incredible but actually you know previous years we didn't we didn't have a great showing this year outside of john we didn't have anyone else in the top 10 i don't think whereas i think last year we had four we had first third sixth and tenth or eleventh um but this year um we we put the same team in we've put in the previous years so that's james james apperson who another great episode of the podcast oh, the uh, the photographer yeah, absolutely. Photographer, a great photographer. photographer did, he do, did he do OCR indeed. as well? He was, in fact, he was there as a he was filming as well as racing. <laughs> but, um, he um, he decided he was getting obstacles because he's he's not been training as much as he wanted to recently. And then we had Connor Hancock who came third last year in the world powerhouse. He was on the bag, and John was on the run. So, um, and and this just reinforced how good John is because John. Uh, James had hurt his ankle the night before, wasn't sure if he was going to race, and in the morning decided he was up for it. So John had had a few beers, hadn't really been prepping himself mentally for the race, and in the morning found out he was running again. And over 5K, he built up a three-minute lead on the best runners in the world. Oh, wow. Incredible. So he absolutely smashed through that. And So the, the main other team, I was going to say American team, but it's North American team because they, to beat to beat the, the Brits, they decided to, to pair up the person that came second, third, and fourth in the world in oh, one monster team. Oh, really? So they were, um, you know, John got this monster lead, and then they were chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at the, the lead through the carries, through the, the obstacles. And they, the hardest rig ends with something called Skull Valley where if you've ever been climbing and you, you see the holds, sometimes in climbing walls they have these skulls, um, which are really tricky because you can't actually hold them. You've almost got to use uh, – no, you can't gr- grip it as much as just put your hand on it and, and use the strength of your, your fingers. And so James is coming through the last really tricky obstacle. And at the end of each obstacle, you have to hit the bell to signify that you've finished. If anything happens before then, no matter what it is, you've got to go back to the start and start again. And so James came through. I know he was quite nervous going into it about these obstacles. He came through this last one, and on the he did the the skull to skull to skull, and then pumped as hell, went to ring the bell, and completely aired it. He missed it. And this is like missing a slam dunk or an open oh, goal. Really? It's he. Do, I mean, it's 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 harder than missing an open goal. It's it's imagine doing a high five of a friend, and not even touching that hand. It just doesn't happen. And um, oh, it, it, go on the musical 
Facebook group and look up for the the relay. It's heartbreaking because you can they cut the music out and you hear everyone else go no, and then you see Ryan coming through the background, and James has to go back and redo it again. And the the the, the British team lost by five seconds. Oh no! Yeah. Oh the and, drama. So much. I mean, what a race! What an end to to the event. Um, and yeah, if it wasn't James, great TV, amazing to have happened, but poor James just felt so bad. And yeah, obviously Pete's there, we're there filming him, so much footage of him. Uh, I was with him last week and he was pretty cut up about it. I think that's going to be probably the biggest regret of his life. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh my God. Oh yeah. no. And if you look, if you look at the finish line, John kind of finishes and laughs, and then says to Blake's, he probably makes some cheeky comment like, "Yeah, you you know, took you all to beat me, or something like that." You know, he doesn't care. Connor, Connor seemed pretty fine, and but James, just the weight of, weight of the world in his shoulders, poor guy. Oh no. But um, other than that, there were. I mean, what did surprise me was um, how just how varied. The bodies were of people like the top women if you look at the top guys like john is john's clearly got a, a, a runner's physique but a strong you know runner's physique um you look at hunter and ryan these guys are pretty big guys they you wouldn't take them on in a in an arm wrestle um and you wouldn't necessarily know in fact you you'd never guess they'd be able to run as fast as they can right because they look too but, big yeah yeah, they're too muscular. Yeah, um, it's incredible they can run the speed they do. But they look at the women, and my, it's, it's a huge variety. But the uh, Nicole and Lindsay, who Nicole won the the short course, Lindsay the long course, they're so tiny, so tiny, and it's not until you see them from the, a different angle that you see their guns. But they, they're just tiny runner frame with these huge guns. Really. And, yeah, and it, it was amazing to see because in my head I've always had this excuse where well, I'm a runner, I've got runner's physique, that's why, <laughs> that's why I wouldn't be good at obstacles. But then you see them and, um, and there's, there's this girl called Karen who, uh, better be careful, Bruce's right there, but I kind of fell a little bit in love with because she's so good at obstacles and she, it's just, she's hench. She's not, she's not big, but my God, she is a powerhouse and just seeing her flow through probably the second best obstacle person there out of everyone I saw so fast and that was what was amazing to see because you you see quite a lot of people who are CrossFit style yeah you see some runners and and actually yeah the 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 power of these these little these little obstacles is incredible that's interesting but um yeah that was yeah that was pretty much the world champs and heard so many rumors when I was out there We'll reveal them in a couple of weeks. I think everyone in the obstacle race, the obstacle world, probably knows the rumours of where the world champs are going to be next year. Everyone who's not in that world probably doesn't care. But <laughs> what I want to do, what I want to do is over the next year, get as many do badders qualifying for the world champs as possible. We're going to look at the races that are the easiest, the ones that we think uh, suit us as uh, as lazy drinking runners yeah. that we could qualify for and just see 
you know, we can just absolutely um, ram the world champs next year, wherever so I take, they may be. So I take it there, it's either UK or Europe. It's it's nothing's confirmed. And actually, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be easier to get to than Canada. Shall we say? You're going to say that we're going to get all these do badders in, and they're going to it's going to be like fucking New Zealand or something, isn't it? <laughs> we don't have to go. It's not like your con- contractual obligation. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and, and just to finish up, you're like this. So um, with the bands being such a an important part of uh, of people's pride i guess you get your medal but the band for, for a lot of people is worth more than the medal because oh, okay. everyone who finishes gets you know everyone who finishes all the obstacles gets to keep the band so um we were we were trying to find the winner's checks to go toboggining down the down the hills because they were so muddy it was gonna be really good fun so i went to try and find some and found the registration boxes with all of the numbers and packs for people that hadn't turned up um, left. So I went through and I got every single band I could find. <laughs> this was on the last night when everyone was, I was obviously quite drunk at this stage. <laughs> so I went back into the bar with about 50 bands on my arms. And then I'd gone to the effort of uh, taking my shoes off and putting them all up my legs as well. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't sure whether I was being a comedy genius or a complete dickhead, um, but I got a pretty good bet. I there, got a pretty good guess. <laughs> and so ninety percent of people thought it was hilarious, but you could see some people who were there like you were disrespecting the whole sport, yeah, man. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, reason to distribute like this. <laughs> That's the equivalent of ending up with a, a green cap at the uh, beer lovers. You think you're hilarious <laughs> until yeah. until someone asks you to resuscitate a runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, we'll. I, th- I think I might try and use the bands in some capacity at the Christmas party potentially because uh, yeah, they're they're valued, but I think that their value is <laughs> is reducing um, day by day. So actually, that you mentioned a very good thing. You've mentioned the Christmas party. We haven't promoted it yet on the podcast. Um, and no, we haven't. We've mentioned it briefly, but we haven't had the uh, like the actual uh, tickets or, or dates or anything sorted out. And to be fair, we haven't, we haven't done that either. <laughs> Ali, <laughs> Ali has pretty much sorted it all out with, uh, with probably the best poster. Uh, well, I, I couldn't even imagine us coming up with a poster like that. With her and yeah. it, was, it, um, was it Sarah? Um, yeah, Sarah Green, Sarah legend. Green came up with yeah, with just a, just an incredible poster. What I liked about that was um, that G Law has offered to be punched for five pound a go. <laughs> it's only five pounds. Yeah, yeah. I say we're going to take out four hundred quid. <laughs> that is, I mean, that should be included in the ticket you... price. <laughs> you should be able to say upgrade. Again? You should include it in the ticket price. You know when you go through on the ticket price, you go. Do you want it gift aid this? Um, do you want to give? Do you want to round it up to give it the rest of charity? Um, do you want to add for an extra five pounds? You get to punch G Law. It should. It, we should just do that, like a series of tick boxes that allows you to. Well, maybe for for do badders that are abroad that won't be able to make it on the day, you can donate five pounds to Street Child and and donate your punch to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Like punch. Yeah, uh, a G Law punch by proxy. But we so Ali. Uh, obviously not being busy running 100 milers or anything, has uh, has been 
behind the scenes organizing it so we've got a place in king's cross and it's i think is it 20 pounds a ticket 20 pounds a ticket yeah you get you get a free drink and then there's other goodies in um with that but the majority of it goes to charity so everything's expensive you can get stuffed but um yeah there's going to be um you get to meet a real life uh real, real life elf <laughs> are you there real life elf yes. yeah <laughs> There's a punch of G, G law. Um, there's going to be a running click with the Wigan runner, we believe. <laughs> what else was on the poster? I can't remember. But it was all funny. Uh, there was like, is it this shit? But have you got any ideas? Shit raffle. I don't know what was going to be in shit the shit raffle. raffle. Yeah. There's going to be plenty of prizes. That. Have you got any ideas for um, for what you think we should put on there? Ideally, do better themes. Then let us know. Um, the 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 evening is pretty much open ended. There is going to be an awards ceremony of sorts. Yes, with uh, uh, I believe Lee Stuart Evans is going to be hosting. I'm going to, I'm going to be hosting that with with Lee, um, kind of. As in, I'm going to I'm going to let him do the work, and then I will come on and sp- and make quips. Um, you know, intimately. Get the glory. Yeah, get the glory. That's it. That's it. Goal hanger. But um, if you're not in the Facebook group. It's a it's it's one of the events of the Facebook group, but get in the group anyway because there's there's loads of chat going going on. And speaking of do-badders and the Facebook group, uh, speaking of the do-badders, I, I believe you've got an update. The hot date. Oh my goodness! It's the love story, the love story that keeps coming back. It's just it's the most wonderful thing. So basically, what happened was um, when people uh, join the Facebook group, they have to ask it. We ask them three questions to get in, and one of which is, "Have you listened to the Bad Boy Running podcast before?" In order to so people understand, <laughs> unless they mistakenly end up thinking that we actually talk about running in the uh, in the Facebook group. And um, uh, a lady called Sarah um, mentioned that um, it was suggested to her to listen to the Bad Boy Running podcast because she was late for a date with someone and uh, another do badder. And so she listened to it and joined the podcast, not not realizing that we we were going to read this out um, in the in a previous episode. And so uh, both she has uh, she uh, wrote about this um, on uh, on the Facebook page, and also the the gentleman in question, um, uh, the do badder, um, wrote about it. So we have had um, stories from both sides. So so what what's the update? Well, I'm just trying to read through because um, even <laughs> during the update, they've been messaging each other on um, so it's quite public laundry, shall we say? Um, there was one. So, there was a part. There was a part fact, about Graham, it was Graham Wells. That's right. And there was a part, wasn't it, where he mentioned that she had to leave a date because she said a child had lost a soft toy, which I think is, is an incredible excuse because it's just so non-committal and mediocre. Not that I have a problem with a child or I need to get back for my children. It's just something as simple as a child's lost a soft toy. Probably the softest reason for what ending a date early. as well. But it was a child. It wasn't even necessarily her child. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a just named... Just a child. It wasn't a named <laughs> child. A, a child somewhere yeah. right now has lost a soft toy. It's like Superman. Someone somewhere is in trouble and I've got to go. Some, some child somewhere has lost a soft toy. I need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I then questioned whether this date was actually a, a good date, as Graham had believed, or a disaster. Um, but he, he did reassure us that it was apparently um, one of her better dates. Uh, but she then came in and said that the person 
that had dated before had turned up with an aubergine in a carrier bag because flowers were dull. It sounds like you! <laughs> Which... <laughs> I, I, I only do this so that to make other people look good. An aubergine in a carrier bag is exactly what you do. That is so... <laughs> No, no, it would be it would be an aubergine shaped like something filthy in a carrier bag. Uh, the aubergine, in and of itself, it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's the carrier bag element that's the sinister part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the and and it doesn't even say whether it was given or if you just had it. <laughs> it was just yeah. It was just... <laughs> I have what's in that bag? An aubergine, and it's just left like that. There's no explanation as to why there's an aubergine in the carrier bag. What it's for, <laughs> but um, he then uh, he then reassures us that it, well, she says it, it was a, a her child's toy, um, and Sarah then alludes that that Graham apparently is forgetting in these comments that to mention exactly where he stayed that night. Disaster, cheeky, indeed. cheeky. What? Yeah, what? Wait, yeah. oh, oh. And uh, he then uh, he then explained that he didn't want. Ours a lot to think that he was a dirty stop out. Wait, 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 wait. I think I've mentioned it this time. Is a child's missing a soft toy? Is that code? Is that some kind of code for stuff now? It's like, it, it literally, like. Well, it can't be I think in Jimmy Savile's be... heart, everywhere in the oh, world, no. <laughs> there was a child missing a, a soft toy. I think that was the problem. Oh, Jesus. I can't believe you said that. They've had enough soft toys. Uh, oh. Um, but it seems like we've found Dubada love. I think we have. Um, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say that we brought them together, but we've certainly <laughs> sealed the deal. I've just we've done not, that. We've I've not just, torn them apart. I've done that. I, I wish you could see video because I just did a thing with my fists. Sealed <laughs> the deal. Oh, nice. Was it a kind of fist bump brother type? Yeah, it was. Thing, yeah, that was like, yeah. So it wasn't that it wasn't the donut with the the finger. No, I know it wasn't the donut with the finger. Um, okay, I've okay. just thought of a great idea for the Christmas. Okay, party. what's the idea? How about do badder blind date? We get the singletons up on stage, and we find. So and... Ronda Marie is going to date all the do badders. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's married. I think it's um, it's a nice offer, but. We get all the doobads. Sorry, go ahead. So, we so get all the, the doobads on stage. The doobads who are single, and, yep. and there's quite a lot of them. Um, <laughs> there are quite a few. <laughs> there seems to be increasing. Probably more than when we started. <laughs> we are now given this as a reason for, for splitting up and divorce. <laughs> why, why are you annulling this marriage, Brad? We're running. Oh, okay. Well, Libby keeps trying to do that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think I, I definitely blind date. I think that would do, you know, I think you'd make a good Scylla. Oh, in fact, bizarrely enough, I don't know why I remember this. When I was about 12 years old, we had a, a talent show at our school. And we put on a, a an Amdram uh and I was, we were doing a scripted blind date where I was Scylla Black. <laughs> of course! Of course you were! That makes perfect sense. And all the, um, all the questions were, were pretty, well, for 12 years old, they were kind of risque, but risque without fully understanding. 
understanding what you were alluding to. It was weird, wasn't it? Because actually... But, um, well, those... I'm happy to be that role again. I think you should. I think you should. Um, it would be good for you to have a role in the evening uh, at some point. Um, but, and you normally like, at award ceremonies, you do normally like to, to go in drag, don't you? I, that, that is a... Do you know what you're? Do you know how, what you're wearing for the um, for the Mudstickle Awards? Are you... I normally I normally only know th- when I look at what clothes I have in front of me <laughs> the night of the Mudstickle Award and think, <laughs> oh crap, I've got to come up with some kind of content here. What could this possibly be? So no, not yet, not no, yet. No, but no. I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird, wasn't it? Because now when you look back at it. Um, doing um, versions of blind dates at school with children was quite a popular thing in the late eighties, <laughs> early nineties. Yeah, I mean, it do was, people still? It, it was weird. It was a weird thing to do, and for teachers to sanction it as well, or even teachers to suggest it in the first place. And I think as well, probably people don't have blind dates at all anymore. Oh no! I imagine because of Tinder, because of. Well, I suppose. Facebook. Well, as I understand it, most Tinder things are, are are pretty much blind dates as well because it's really misinformation. Does it, anyone actually look like their Tinder photos? That is true, actually. Yeah. Well, some people do, and they're the ones that you don't swipe right for. Oh my goodness! So, I think we yeah. could. We right, This could be the greatest idea, or the worst idea that we've ever had because right, we've got there's quite a few uh, uh, single ladies. And we've got the most eligible bachelor in Mr. Eddie Simmons, producer Eddie. Is, is producer Eddie coming? Uh, I don't. Well, I don't know. He might be on duty or something. But that doesn't uh, mean that doesn't mean someone can't stand in for him. No, it means he can come dressed in his police attire. It, oh my goodness! Everyone would just think he's a stripper. That would be incredible. He did send me a message actually about um let me see, let me see if I can find it. About Tinder. Oh, I can't find him now. He's changed his name online, which I suppose you have to do when you're a policeman. Oh he's yeah, not, yeah. He's not he's not Eddie Simmons anymore. Oh here we go, here we go. Don't reveal his identity. I'm not gonna reveal his identity. I'm just gonna find his this message. <clears throat> right, so yeah, so we got this so I got a message from Eddie. Um, did that BBR dating idea you mentioned a few episodes back ever get off the ground? Want to give me a shout out on the podcast? And I said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it soon. He goes, appreciate it. Girls on Tinder are so fucking rude. (laughs) Ooh. Eddie's having a tough time. Eddie. If he thinks girls on Tinder are rude, what about do better girls? Well, that's it. Well, a baptism of fire, I think. Maybe we need to get him in front of some do badder girls, uh, and then he'll he'll just adjust his attitude about Tinder girls. Well, yeah, they're not so bad. We'll do a blind date where Eddie is the the bachelor. Eddie is the bachelor. Yeah, I think uh, what we do, what we need to do, we need to get. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's not be that much of a blind date because we know the people who it's going to be. But I think you know, after a few after a few beers and everyone, it all gets very loose as to you know. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I, don't know going, I don't want to go any further. <laughs> That's not guaranteed, get, Eddie. It's no, not guaranteed. No, it's not guaranteed, Eddie. And you're a policeman, for Christ's sake. Bad boy guaranteed. Yeah. Bad boy guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. You, you will go home with someone, Eddie. 
we can't we can't guarantee the sex or anything but you will go home with someone absolutely well uh, i'm just trying to think what we're looking what we're looking ahead to now we've so um we've got to we've we've got a few things to catch up on so we've got um coming up we've got uh, a call an interview with um matt fitzgerald that's gonna be brilliant so if you don't know him he's the writer is it 80 20 running 80 20 running yeah so if you've got any questions about we'll put it in the facebook group if you've got any questions about training and uh, anything from you know mileage different distances tapering ping him in the group um he's got well he's, he's one of the people that's come up with theories that we all use to train to so um yeah it's gonna be fantastic yeah and quite a few do as mentioned you know after listening to the um the uh, Jonathan Alban episode and um you know listening to how he trains um I know quite a few people have posted their own um uh, sort of like level of heart rates running so it's been quite eye-opening for them as well so so we're gonna be you know sort of going deep into that because that's been one of um probably the thing that people have most requested um finding out a little bit more about how to how to run the heart rate um, and of course, it's going to be my secret weapon to uh, to utterly utterly destroying Tom Dark. Absolutely. So um, we're not going to publish that episode. <laughs> not going to publish it till after London Marathon. <laughs> we're just going to. What we're going to do? We're too tight to get personal consultations and training with various um, uh, trainers. So we're going to interview all of them hold them all back and you're going to get like 58 episodes on the day of the London Marathon where you're going to find out exactly the training and uh, information that we've received in order to try and beat Tom. And we've uh, we've also got a, after following that, we've hopefully got an episode with Kurt, Camilla Heron coming on who is, she won Comrades last year. She is sponsored by a brewery. <laughs> she is property matter. <laughs> going to be an amazing episode she seems so fun actually can't wait for that um, and we also might be speaking to a friend of mine spike who he has uh, did i talk talk about him last time mentioned him last time spike is he the boxing guy yeah he, no he's he's an adventurer who's he's been around the world he's been most places climbed most things um he is incredibly eccentric and he's even had a run with a polar bear, polar bear before um so yeah, he's quite an extreme guy. Um, and good news, we just had an email as well from Sean Conway, who said he's interested in being in the podcast, potentially. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I know there's a few of you out there who really want to get him on the show. So um, we'll try and do that. Any other suggestions, let us know, because we go out there and get them for you. Yeah, yeah, David, you, you are, I've got to actually acknowledge just how brilliant you are at going out and getting uh, getting people. Um, well, Brilliant Thanks, in the mate. sense that you know you you do a good job with that, but also it's fucking sinister as well how you manage to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Years of honing. Yeah, Years I mean that like, take you know the ability to uh, to to do that is uh, is quite incredible. But um, but yeah, but not but not just people you know we're interviewing, also subjects as well because um, we're looking back at some of the episodes that um, have proved like most popular. And, um, you know, things like, um, you know, how to run certain distances, um, you know, advice like one of the most popular ones is Eddie running his first marathon. Um, so, you know, if you've got if you've got challenges coming up and you want advice on it, we haven't done a huge amount around distances like uh, 10K, half marathon, anything like that. Um, we're going to do a lot more um, as the as London Marathon ramps up as well. Um, not because we're generally trying to help you with London Marathon. We just, you know, we want it for the keyword search. Um, but, um, 
But, you know, and, you know, if you've got challenges going on, like raising money, charity, stuff like that, you know, is there, are there any things you want to hear about? We, we, we talked about socks quite extensively in, uh, in a previous podcast. Um, but, I, you know, is there any kit talk uh, you want us to talk about? Because to be frank, we're running out of ideas fast. <laughs> <laughs> Although we do have quite a lot of guests lined up, so um, we're getting a bit better on that. Um, but also, we've we've got four do-badders running the 100 miler next week, um, as well as the Enra Ultra. Oh, so yes. There yeah. are... There's going to be some, it's going to be a big week. That is going yeah. to be it's going to be a massive week, a massive week for do battery. So, uh, so yeah, so looking looking forward to that. Um, well, I think you know, I think that wraps it up. That's some good OCR chat we've had. Absolutely, and if you're interested in more episodes to do with OCR, um, a couple of episodes ago, we've had the interview with John Album, um, world champion. Spoke to him about his his training, how he got into it, where he's going. Great episodes with Pete Reese, founder of Mud School, the UK Obstacle League, and also the main, um, I guess, powerhouse of Obstacle Media. Um, any other Mud School uh, Obstacle people we've spoken to, you can you can recall. It'd be good. Uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, right at the start. Right, yeah, James Appleton, the photographer. Um, yeah, uh, Steph uh, Bishop. Stephanie right at the Bishop, start. winner yeah. of yeah, winner of Toughest Mudder last year. Um, well, Toughest Mudder. Uh, uh, Jody Rainsford, conqueror of three laps of Winter Nuts. Powerhouse, powerhouse, and and an, 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 explo- <laughs> an explosive, explosive debut into uh, the world of OCR. Explosive debut and retirement at the same time. You know, it, you you burn brightly while you burn brightly with those six hours. I didn't ask you the yeah. question. I didn't ask you the question. Which when we're talking about OCR World Championships, was he there? Yeah, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there. That's why it went so well. Nothing was ruined. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> nothing right. was destroyed that's all right that's okay that's all that matters anyway, but, um, and, 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 and if you're if you're listening to any if you're looking for any other episodes um we've mentioned the ronda marie one fantastic episode but also more general running uh dean Carnass is brilliant talking about doing the spartathlon robbie Britton about ultras about cheating um yeah have a have a flick through and if you really want to understand a lot of the jokes that we or references we're making the do bad uh, a to z of do battery but if you've got the time start from the beginning it's uh it's a love affair it's a story it's, it's a roller coaster it's definitely worth it's partaking the most, in it's the worst scripted movie of all time it's a it's a rambling stream <laughs> of consciousness that veers between running and netflix recommendations but honestly it's what we we reference stuff that w- that was cut out of previous episodes that make no sense whatsoever. We only know this because we have a dedicated podcast historian who tells us that our references make no sense. But but enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it's worth. If you listen to all of them, you win a prize. And in fact, on that, a new recommendation. One of my favourite series has just come back. Nathan for you. Fourth series. I I don't know if it's available on Netflix or Amazon. Um, probably only illegally on download um, through Pirate Bay. But have a look at it. It's a he's he's a a non-business ex- expert who goes into small failing businesses and gives them horrifically bad advice that they try and implement <laughs> which is incredibly funny um, that, that, so, that actually sounds like what i do <laughs> exactly it's <laughs> L-O-G-B-S. it's my business <laughs> Amazing. So, so check that out any suggestions either email us directly or the bad boy running group or letters at badboyrunning.com 
Um, anything else you can think of, JD? No, no. Keep keep the reviews coming. We've had we've had so many more five star reviews um, that actually uh, we are. I think we're. At, 80, 83 ratings now or something, um, which is incredible. Um, and, some, and, and they're getting funnier as well, even funnier. So a nice, funny five-star review on iTunes will just be perfect. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, uh, pleasure to always, JD, and I shall speak to you next week. See you later, man. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye. Baby, come back. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. I must admit I was a clone to be... <laughs>